Before we jump into this episode, I, I want to take a moment to talk directly to the professionals who are in leadership positions for your property or portfolios and, and companies within the off-campus student housing industry. Why do I say the professionals in leadership positions versus leaders? Because leadership is based on actions and reactions, not a position or a title. So if it wasn't clear before, I'm talking to C-suite officers, presidents, directors, VPs, site supervisors. Your action and reaction to the COVID-19 crisis is being monitored. It's being monitored by your employees and your customers. This is a unique and tough time. My grandfather used to tell me, Wes, it's not your reaction when things are great that people remember you for. It's your reaction when things are tough that people will always remember you for. We're in a tough and uncertain time. The past couple of weeks, I've seen companies react with acts of kindness, compassion, and understanding. I've also seen companies that reacted with none of those things. Let me be clear. I'm not talking about requests from parents wanting to terminate leases because the university went to remote study and their students want to move home with mom and dad. What I'm talking about is with your employees. We are all navigating a new world. People feel uncertainty and many are scared. They have children who can no longer go to school or daycare. They have spouses and partners that will not be able to work. Everyone has been jolted into a new reality that will likely not change anytime soon. And people are trying to figure out how to reorganize their lives. And then I hear stories about CEOs telling their regional managers and employees and traveling positions that they need to stay on the road and in the air. For what? I hear about site managers being written up because they had to bring their kid to work. Are you kidding me? This isn't a time to bring out the employee handbook. This is a time to lead. This is a time to be thoughtful, have compassion, and be smart. If this is the way you are acting today, don't be surprised when your employees leave you tomorrow. This is a time to lead. This episode of the Student Housing Insight Podcast is sponsored by Euphorus VR. For those of you who follow the podcast, you know that I've been so impressed with the quality of the virtual reality tours from Euphorus. Regardless if you have a new construction or a rehab project that you want them to render, or if you have an existing property that can be scanned, their quality is amazing and their hosting and analytics backend is incredible. Later in this episode, we talk about how important having virtual tours on your website is during this weird time where we don't know when students will return back to campus. Right before releasing this podcast, one of the founders from Euphorus, David Lee, reached out to me and, and said this. He said, Wes, we are doing an amazing amount of work on the rendering side, but due to travel restrictions, our agents can't get to all the properties that are wanting a 3D scan of their model and clubhouse. But the property managers are begging for it so their student prospects can tour remotely. Then he said, we want to help these managers, and so we've crafted a special, and if they can help us, we will give them the 3D tour at our cost. 
So this is how he explained the special. He said, we will send our 3D scanner to their property and set up remote training with one of our production specialists to walk them through the process remotely for scanning each room. This will end up saving our property $1,500 to $3,500 on this service. How awesome is that? Thank you, Euphorus, for doing that. Now, I'll tell you, a few weeks ago, I was touring a model that was actually being scanned. It's super easy, and there's nothing to be fearful of. The real magic happens when that production specialist gets the scanned images that you send to them. So if you were thinking about adding a 3D tour to your property's website, this is the perfect time. And for your new development and rehab projects that have to be rendered by their designers, they are offering some great discounts to help everyone out in this time of need. So go check them out at euphorus.com. That's U-F-O-R-I-S.com. And if you want to take advantage of their Scan It Yourself package, click the link in the show notes to get more information. Welcome to the Student Housing Insight Podcast, where we are putting you in touch with the people who bring student housing to life. And today, we are continuing our special coverage of COVID-19 and its effect on the student housing industry. This is going to be a two-part episode covering everything from marketing and leasing. I'm your host, Wesley Dees, and joining me today is our co-host in all things marketing, Greta Dare. Hello. How are you doing today? Oh, you know, (laughs) isolated in my home. (laughs) So Greta, you and I chatted earlier in the week and you were in a panic because you were (laughs) gone for a week and and had returned home needing to get some groceries because your shelves were were empty and you went to the store to find out that the shelves there were empty as well. (laughs) So... Did you get your toilet paper or have you resorted to other measures at this point? Oh my gosh. It was, I literally <laughs> had no food, none, zero. I was just sitting there. I was like, I'm, I'm eating cheese slices right now. Wes, I'm hungry. I like, I can't order anything ever. Like there's nothing. And I was like ready to just travel all over the city and just like pick up little morsels. I'm like, I'm, I'm going out to hunt, or, hunt and gather food. Luckily I did. I found one grocery store that still had food, was completely out of water and all paper products. Um, and soda, oddly enough, I thought that was interesting. I was like, oh, okay. But no, actually, my mom is uh, shipping toilet paper. Uh, no way. Oh, I'm God dead serious. Her. <laughs> yeah, she's shipping toilet paper from um, where my family lives. And because they have some there, and not only for me, but also my next door neighbor, who she and her her elderly husband who had a stroke last year, they were down to their last three rolls. This is a fun conversation to have with uh, all of these strangers that are listening to me speak right now. But let's be honest, this is the world we live in right now. And yeah, I was like, hey, Ma, can you uh, can you pick up an extra pack? Because my neighbors are about to run out. So like I literally had, you know, because I bought some before I left and I like had to take it over there. And I was like, disinfect the bag before you take it inside. But, you know, I was like, here's some to tide you over until this shipment from my mom gets here. Most expensive toilet paper I've ever paid for, by the way. I got Those, to imagine. Yeah. The shipping fees to ship toilet paper is not cheap. Just in case anybody's it is, wondering. It is a... It is a, you know, learn how to be a hunter and a gatherer because uh, over the weekend, I mean, I was calling family members and it was like, 
hey, you're part of my toilet paper alliance. (laughs) If you find some, buy it for us. If I find some, I promise you I'll buy some for you. And fortunately, my my mother-in-law came through. So um, she has a – you ever meet one of those people that just find, you know, things on sale all the time or they find – Yeah, Lauren. Yeah. So she's one of those people. Um, And – I mean, I'd been everywhere on Saturday and I was like, no, nah, it's, it's not happening. Like I had stocked up on facial tissue <laughs> and figured, OK, this is going to be <laughs> our life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and all of a sudden, you know, get a phone call. Hey, I'm at Walmart. I'm like, no, you're not. Nah. And they had just brought some out. But anyway. Let's get on to to yeah. The I'm fine if we stop hand. having this conversation. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So it, one thing I, I want to mention really quick before we really get into it, and, and this is going to those who are listening to this podcast before March 25th. Our friends over at Student Housing Business have put together a free live webinar titled "COVID-19: How to Prepare and Best Practices for Student Housing Owners." That webinar will be live at 1 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday, March 25th. Uh, We'll put a link to it for their registration site and our show notes. You don't want to miss this. If you get the weekly emails from Student Housing Business, a lot of times mine get put into the spam folder. So make sure that you're getting getting those. You're looking at that spam folder and reading stuff from Student Housing Business right now because they've got some, some... very good insight into some things that are going on and and talking with industry professionals. So make sure that uh, that you're looking at those emails. Make sure that you're registered for that live webinar on March 25th. And you know, Greta, it was it was literally three weeks ago. I was sitting in this very seat interviewing Rich Kelly from from Student Housing Business about their upcoming Interface Conference in Austin uh, that's scheduled for next month. I know that. Yeah, that has now been postponed. Um, They're trying to figure out when they can reschedule it. Here at SHI, we had to cancel our Western Regional Summit that was supposed to be in Phoenix. And we've now rescheduled and and kind of moved out our Chicago Summit, which will now be in June. Three weeks ago, I I never would have thought this is where we would be sitting today. No, absolutely. It's... Honestly, it was so funny because when that email came through from student housing business, I was like, I don't know why it kind of shocked me. It seems ridiculous that it shocked me. Obviously, like all major sporting events were canceled and everything was being shut down all across the country. But it's like it hit home. Yeah. For some reason it did. I, I don't know why, but that... I felt that, which again, like it was so... It seems so stupid, but it's... I felt it. I was like interface just got canceled. Like it made things feel real, you know, interface. I feel is it's, it's the event, you know, and it's the one everybody goes to. And that was it. It came through and, you know, now this is done and it's gone and it tripped me out pretty perfect. I was like, okay. Um, so there we are. And yeah, well, and, and, and that's business and, you know, th- those are kind of the light things and, and, uh, it's being felt throughout. I mean, there, are, I, I mentioned to you earlier, I had a client that was supposed to close on a property that they were selling on Friday. And yeah. literally at the closing table, the bank came in and said, nope, this is now high risk. We're, we're thinking vacancy is going to be a lot higher 
going into into fall 2020 and we've got to have some additional collateral so man it's it's not just you know some of the things we're going to talk about today on the marketing side it, it's it's really <laughs> it's really impacting everything so as i mentioned this is the first of a two part episode where we're discussing our thoughts on how covid-19 is and and may affect marketing and leasing efforts and just to help give you some advice on things you should be considering for your for your property or your portfolio, we are going to start with marketing because marketing is what we do to build leads and leasing is the process of converting a lead into a resident. You'd agree with that, right, Greta? I would. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually, I love, I love that we're doing this, actually, because I feel like... You know, it's like I feel like all of this started hitting and we we all had to immediately kind of shift gears and start implementing all of these plans on, okay, how are we, everybody has to start working remote, everybody, you know, it's, it's very much figure out how do we take into consideration the safety, the security of everybody, which my God, like, thank God that was such a high priority because it should be, and I can't say that enough times. Um, And so now it's also, you know, let's get everybody secure. Let's consider safety first for every single one of our communities, every single one of our humans. Let's keep that into consideration. Obviously, let's continue to take care of our team members on the ground everywhere, right? Because everybody's being impacted. But at the same time, It's, you know, I've heard from a lot of people in the industry over these last couple of days of trying to figure out, okay, now how, how do I do this? You know, how do I, how do I still have these events? You know, how do I do this? Do I have a live on Instagram? Do I, how exactly should I do a tour? How, you know, and so I'm hearing from all these people. And and some of it is, is real basic, right? Like one of the first things we're going to talk about is, is reallocating your budget. Right. And, and the thing is, is you're so consumed with my, my kids got to go to the clubhouse with me to work today because they're out of school. I'm freaking out because, you know, my, a husband or a partner or, or wife or whatever is, you know, in the hospitality industry and everybody can't has canceled their travel plans. They're going to be laid off. I'm, you know, I'm scared about how I'm going to be able to support everything. Yeah. And, and so when you're thinking about that, all of a sudden it's like, uh, you know, <laughs> you can't even think about how to be creative with your marketing at this point. So, you know, over the past several weeks, we've seen universities go to, not even several, uh, let's be honest, it's really been within the past week. Yeah. We've seen universities go from remote study uh, to now they're shutting down the dorms because they know that this thing is not going to be something that's going to be done before the end of the semester. In a lot of Um, situations, they're just giving a couple of days heads up. Yeah, yeah. And and as we were predicting in our last podcast that I did with with Dr. B and and Enzo from from Unilodgers, we kind of predicted some of this uh, at least, you know, on the short term. And and I'm so glad to see that a lot of properties ended up helping these displaced students. Many even offered free housing to these students through the end of the semester. So just a huge round of applause for you guys and those companies that that helped out with that. So much. Yeah. I I hope these students remember your hospitality when, you know, when it's ready to make a long-term commitment. 
almost immediately, I, I heard about companies also altering their marketing plans. And if you haven't done that, you've got to get it done. Don't stick your head in the sand on this. It's so important to be thinking about this. I, I believe based on all the information I'm seeing and, and people I'm talking to on a, on a daily basis, please lean in while I'm saying this. These universities are not going to be bringing students back on campus this semester and likely for the summer as well. That being the case, at minimum, you need to be taking your marketing expenses for campus outreach, the majority of your expenses for your resident events, and start allocating it towards digital marketing and and things that are going to reach the residents where they are today. Greta, what what else would you advise people to do when it comes to to pivoting and spending those dollars? So it's it is everything. I agree with you one hundred percent. Based off of everything, I've actually I've been I've been in contact with a lot of universities. Oddly, <laughs> there's it's been a weird week, and <laughs> it does absolutely appear that way. That this is what it's going to look like. This is potentially what we kind of just need to plan for, and it never hurts to prepare for the worst. And so I'd make that recommendation for everybody already make that plan and make that assumption. We're not going to gain access back to our students. So expect it, plan for it and prepare for it. That's what I always do. That's what I recommend to everybody. So based off of that and taking a look at that, we say, okay, here's our budget. Here's where all of this money was supposed to go for our promotional gear, for our on-campus housing, for all of these other items. Now, if we take these funds, what can we do with them instead? And if we're looking at that, that entire digital canvas and we say, as opposed to these other allocations, where else can it go? And we have... We have Google campaigns, we have Google ads, we have the we have social media campaigns. We still have a lot of giveaways that can be done for a lot of online engagement. And it's something that we're not going to have enough time to get into, honestly, because there's so many ways that we can really engage online, which I'm honestly, to be frank, like I'm honestly really, really excited about all of the different ways that we can get really, really creative with online engagement. I've seen a lot of properties do this really well already um, with their their Instagram, with their TikTok accounts, with like, you know, a lot of it. And I love it. Some of it's being done so incredibly well. So you, you mentioned Google campaigns and, and I'm assuming you're talking about Yes, I'm actually um, glad you paused me PBC. and forced me to go back to that. <laughs> so this is really, really important. And so again, glad you, I heard you start to open your mouth. So when it comes to targeting your customers, I think that a lot of us have a really kind of bad tendency to think, okay, we just need to target the campus. And we can't do that. We should never do that in the first place. Something that you always want to consider is where are students coming from? Where are they at? Where And this information can be easily pulled. We can always get this data and nobody should be surprised hearing me say this. Always go back to the data. Find out the where are they from because in a lot of cases, if these students are going back home, if they have been ejected from their dorms, uh, you want to be able to access them where they are. You want to have access to their parents where they are. You want to make sure that your campaigns are reaching them where they're actually at. So that's what you need to keep in mind. Find out where your students come from when they are transferring in, when they are coming 
coming in from their high schools. This is something that I've always done. Find out what high schools they come from. Find out the zip codes that they come from. This information is all very, very accessible. And a lot of you guys, you know that this is accessible. And so this is how you're going to shape your digital campaign. You can still do mailers. You can do postcards. You can do all kinds of different ways to still gain access to these people and just throw all of your funds in that direction. But do it well, because now we have the money to do it. Do it in a really fantastic way. And I think that the exciting part about this is maybe if we're changing the way that we market because of all of this, we find out that it's possible that we always could have marketed a little bit differently. So something good really could come out of this. And I'm kind of you know, hopeful that maybe that's the case. Maybe there will be something good that comes out of this really horrifying situation that we're in. Yeah. So, so increase in PPC spend, you know, take the money from, from that housing fair that you had scheduled that has now been canceled or taking money from that pool party that you were going to do when, <laughs> when the pool opened up next month. You, you can now allocate that towards some somewhere else. And obviously, you mentioned Google and, and PPC. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, not just thinking about from the standpoint of throw money at it, but also be strategic about it. Always be uh, smart. When it, when it comes to geography and how you're targeting this stuff, the students are no longer there. So you've really got to do the research to find out what zip codes are coming from. Perfect. Understand that. So social media advertising. And I'm not talking about the posts that, you know, you're making to Instagram on a daily basis. I'm talking about the actual advertising that you're paying to social media platforms. Is it just an increase or have you got to be more strategic in it? You should always be strategic in it first off. So I'm never going to be like, no, it's fine. Don't be strategic. Just throw some money at it. Just throw money at it. Yes, absolutely be strategic with it. And with that marketing, do not, for the love of God, and this actually, let me back up with all of this again. (sighs) With all of the advertising that you will be putting out there, you're going to have to back down on the sales pitch. This is not the time to do that. I can't say this enough. Again, for all of the accounts that I follow and the accounts that I love and the accounts that I'm applauding and going crazy for that are doing it so beautifully and so well, now is not the time and it may not be anytime soon, if ever, because it's not something we should do that much anyway. But it is not the time to be screaming, buy my product in anybody's face, because first off, the economy is tanking and everybody is scared. So all we need to be doing is just letting people know who we are and reminding them of who we are and then letting them know, here's what we were here for you and we love you (laughs) and this is what we are and that's it. And that's fine. That is fine. That's it. Because we might be the only people that are staying in front of their faces. And sometimes that's just enough. Make sure that it isn't screaming sales, that it's really just expressing something that says, this is who we are. This is what we're about. This is what we have to offer. And that's it. Do with it what you will. But we totally know you're going to choose us because we're amazing. (laughs) <laughs> well, you know, and let's talk a little bit about some other areas outside of social media and PPC. And that's okay. that's ILSs or Internet Listing Services. I think, um, you know, but before I get into that, let me let me just reiterate something I said earlier. I, I'm wanting you to prepare for the Corona winter and not the Corona blizzard. 
because I really, really do believe that, and this is this is just me, and I, I hope this is not the case, but based on everything that we're seeing with where Italy and, and China have been so far, and who's to think that that where our bodies are any better <laughs> than those uh, countries are? This is going to be something that's going to have a huge impact for a long time, and I think it may even impact us for a longer period than what it's uh, what has been impacting those countries for. Because we talk about flattening the curve, and I love that. But the other thing you got to understand is when you flatten that curve, people are going to be. It's going to take longer for it to go through you know, this country basically, because we're doing a great job of practicing social distancing and everything else. But I think we're still in the, you know, there, there's not a vaccine for this. So when you start talking about flattening the curve, it's really just pushing all of that out to a further time when this thing goes through our, our country, basically. And, and because of that, when you start thinking about universities if we're still talking about you know people getting uh, this this virus over the over the summer when it comes to to coming back to campus i think a lot of schools are really going to be questioning about that and so that's why i say you need to be thinking about this not just in the short term and and through the summer but you may really want to be thinking about some of these universities may not, they may still be in remote study going into the fall or some type of limited access to campus during the fall as well. So you've got to be thinking. We about just, that. we don't know. And we just have to be prepared for the worst. Like I said, it'd be great if they're not, but just be prepared. So you're not surprised and you're not caught off guard. That's it. Yeah. Just be like a scout, be prepared. That's exactly. all. Exactly. Yeah, I think, I think we're going to see, you know, uh, freshman and transfer orientations canceled and, and, you know, are happening literally the last week before, before classes start. So uh, all those things you've done in the past when it comes to summer marketing, chances are, you know, you're not going to have that opportunity. So you've got to look at these, these digital venues and, and really understand what you need to, uh, how you need to be using those. So I, you know, I, Let's talk a little bit about ILSs because you and I have a little bit of a different uh, opinion. And I, I don't <laughs> think our opinions are actually different. And first of all, I'm not talking about ILSs like Unilodgers or College Pads. No. Those are, are focused on student housing. And I think those do very well for, for what they are for student yes. housing. I'm talking about the big boxes and I'm not going to really, I mean, everybody knows who they are. I'm not going to get into it. I'm really considering on properties that, that, you know, I provide asset management services for, if it makes sense to throw a little bit of money that way. And, and I hate saying a little bit of money because these ILSs are not cheap, but I, I, I'm a little reluctant to, to, <laughs> you know, tell the client, like I've, typically told them, look, we get a lot of folks that are not qualified or they're looking for something that, uh, you know, is not student housing. So we end up wasting our time with it. And very few students are actually looking at it because they're just using Google or, or they're using an ILS that's specific for, for students. But I would encourage you to to talk with your team members and and have a discussion if joining one of those big box ILSs, if it makes sense to to do it in the short term. Greta, 
you, you can completely discount everything I said if you want no, to. But. <laughs> no, listen, here's the thing. There are, which I didn't say this earlier when we were having this conversation, there are certain markets, very few, certain markets that it is applicable in, right? We, we've been in certain markets where for reasons I've never understood where it just ends up being a completely the only valuable ad source. And it's just, it's a one-off situation. However, even in this world that we are entering into, I can't, for any reason at all, imagine that all of a sudden people are going to go, nah, I'm going to keep scrolling past the list that Google just provided me, and I'm going to go click on this website underneath, and I'm just, you know, I, I don't see that yeah, happening. Yeah. And so that's how I feel about it. But, you know, I'm comfortable with people disagreeing with that. I obviously have never said that I am the yeah. end all of any opinion or that I know everything and I will never state well, that claim. It, and let's be straight up. In normal circumstances, you and I are, are completely on the same page. Yeah. Uh, the, these are there's no positive ROI from from these big box ILSs. Look. I know a lot of people that work for them. And oh, I have people that work for them that I, I absolutely love, love and adore. <laughs> I, I lo- yeah, I, I love you to death. Um, I hope everything is 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 healthy. I know that you'll weather this very well because conventional. Uh, I think a lot of the conventional communities are probably going to increase their spend. Oh yeah, but, for conventional all day long. And I hope you really use this time and and listen to what Greta and I are saying to understand that. If you want your product to continue to be relevant, it's time to evolve because it's no. it's not it's not reaching this demographic. So that's all I'll say. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so uncomfortable. I mean, I'm just telling them. I know. Um, they don't listen to this anyway. Who cares? All right. <laughs> So that covers PPC and ILSs. Greta, I think you've got some other recommendations on, on what to do with social media, right? I do. You know, I didn't really get to go into it too deeply. And I really wanted to stress to anybody that social media is really, you know, I've done whole podcasts about it. And a lot of people really, truly have stepped up their social media game. For a lot of you, God, I love, you love to see it. You really do. Right now, for anybody that is listening, go through all of your accounts. Make sure none of your images are pixelated. Make sure that your pictures are good, that you're proud of them. They're not out of focus. Check all of your terminology. Make sure there's no misspellings. And here's the thing. All of your, it's my, I would make the recommendation. And again, you don't have to hear it. It's just a matter of, I feel like people are looking for ideas right now and everybody should have virtual tours right now and have that be a part of your story. So people can just quickly identify it, locate it and go through it and make that fun. Just have somebody open up the door and have somebody filming you walk through and be giving that tour have for that interaction. Because I feel like the biggest thing that people aren't really sure what to do right right now is have events for their residents. And it's so, it's such a thing. And it is possible to keep a level of engagement or even improve your social media engagement right now. I have seen certain communities who've had such a great level of engagement with their residents and followers that seriously has blown my mind. You can have 
You can have live events, which by the way, one of the things I did want to say, if you do have a live event, make sure that you're very careful with it. You may have people who are going to pop on there and say some truly terrible things. I did see that happen. Fly, just be aware. So just be very cognizant of that. But you can have live events. There's, you know, one of the the people that I talk to on a regular basis, there's a live event where they're going to have bingo. You can have drawings. You can still have all of these events just like you normally would, except now you're being cognizant of the fact that everybody's kind of stuck at home. Everybody's just looking for things to do. They're watching Miley Cyrus's live events on Insta. You know, it's like everybody's just looking for other ways to engage with all of us because we're all stuck at home doing nothing. Another yeah. one is for your properties that you had to shut down your, your uh, amenities, find ways to replace those with other items. You have, you have to have ways to kind of replace what you can't. And it's not like anybody, nobody should be truly holding you accountable to that where it's like, oh, why aren't you? I pay for these amenities. I'm really sorry if somebody's saying that to you. I'm sure somebody is. That's terrible. And I'm sorry. But find ways to kind of problem solve that for people. Have live events of yoga or live events of, you know, Pilates or something like that. Offer solutions of here are different apps that'll offer you, you know, exercise workouts or workouts that you can do at home. And then I saw another really great one where it was like, all right, if you're bored, we're going to do a bunch of different surveys. And I swear if that property is listening right now and recognizes themselves, high five you guys. It was so great. And it was like, okay, tell us your favorite podcast you're listening to. And they had a ton of responses and tell us the show that you're binge watching right now. A ton more responses. I have never seen so many people respond to surveys and responses on any property's Instagram ever. It was like 23 pages long of people that sat there and responded to all of this. And it makes you feel like everybody's kind of going through this at the same time. So just be aware that you can still engage with everybody. You can still offer entertainment. You can still have events. You can still do things with your residents. And this this isn't everything you can do. I can't sit here, unfortunately, and give you all of the ideas that I've been sitting here and writing down and trying to go through my mind because I want to give you everything that I could possibly think of because I know this is so difficult. But that's just a few. Social media, we can do this. We can make it great and you can still have engagement. You can still get leads. This can be done, I promise. And it's going to be good. That's all I have. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a lot. I think a lot of the things still stand true of you know what you've always said about, uh, about how do you utilize social media. But I think the biggest thing you know, that you kind of mentioned there was don't try to don't try to be in a situation where you're pitching people right now uh, about your, no. your product, your community. It It's really got to, I mean, you know, talking about, look, you don't want to do something stupid and, and post something like your lazy rivers and how great they are when Nobody's no one can be in them right now. Yeah. You know, just just be use some common sense for stuff like that. So. You know, the, there's one more area of social media we need to talk about, and that is utilizing brand ambassadors. Now, many of you heard that and, and probably just thought, oh, he meant to say community ambassadors or, or student assistants. No, that's that's not what I'm talking about. If you've been listening to this podcast over the past two years, Greta and I have been talking about the need for having brand ambassadors. These are, are students who are paid to do their own promoting uh, of your property and, and provide exclusive specials for, for the people that are following them. This way, the student body is not just getting hit by your property's post and, and their paid advertising, but they are seeing it from other students on their campus as well. 
Now, you can recruit your own brand ambassadors and manage each of them like any other contractor or employee, but there's a unique company out there that does this already called Swarm. Their founder and CEO is no stranger to Student Housing Insight. Michael Newton has not only been on the podcast, but also presented at our first ever regional summit almost two years ago now. I caught up with Michael this week to see what suggestions he has on changes you should be thinking about with social media brand ambassadors as we navigate this corona winter. So let's cut to that. Michael, thanks so much for joining us today. Um, yeah, first of all, congrats on on surviving, man. <laughs> not, not only are you dealing with this, you know, Corona tsunami uh, that we are all dealing with in this country, but you were in Nashville, Tennessee, where you guys are just coming off a real natural disaster with with the tornadoes from a couple of weeks. How how are you and your team doing? Oh man, it's been a, it's been a wild two weeks, but we're doing well. Uh, our the the building we were working out of got very damaged, but thankfully we weren't there. But other than that, we're doing good. So I, I'm <laughs> glad to be alive as well. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's some good things for it happening in the middle of the night because there were a lot of office buildings and industrial warehouses and things that were obliterated and. Not that having it in the middle of the night is good for people sleeping in their beds, but glad you and your team are okay. And and I appreciate you cutting out some time today to talk with our audience. So, Michael, you and I met maybe two years ago, maybe a little over two years ago when you were at UT Knoxville with this you know kind of side hustle you had going on with student influencers and, and local businesses. And man, you have just blown swarm up. So congrats to you. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. I, I think it, yeah, it probably was about two years ago when you and I met. Yeah, it's been a it's been a wild ride and it's been a lot of fun, you know, building this thing up and trying to to make influencers more accessible to people, you know, trying to reach college students. It's been a crazy ride. Well, and I also appreciate you kind of being our, our in-house Gen Zer. So anytime <laughs> we have things that we want to bounce off of a Gen Z, it's like, let's call Michael up, see what he says. Happy to be of service. So, Michael, we've talked on this show before about this this idea of properties having brand ambassadors. And, you know, it's really the same thing that Disney does with their Disney moms. You're hiring or exchanging services with students to promote a local business on their social media accounts, and and they typically offer exclusive discounts, et cetera, to, to their followers who end up buying. Any business can do this on on their own. But you certainly found a niche with sourcing and managing brand ambassadors for off-campus housing and, and businesses focused on the student demographic. It's just one more way for a business to get their brand in front of people outside of their own social media advertising and things that they're doing on their own. There are more sophisticated student housing operators who I think have really embraced this. Some run their own programs and recruit and manage their own ambassadors, and some have hired you. So now that we've got students who are forced away from campus and many of them are returning to their permanent addresses and living with mom and dad, there are a lot of managers and, and management firms that, that are now saying, hey, we've, we've got to deploy brand ambassadors. This is no longer a thing of, of let's be thinking about it. Um, let's put it in the and the marketing budget for next year, it's something that is a necessity. 
You've told me your inbox has just lit up in the past week with people requesting your services and increasing their current campaigns. Is it too late to implement an ambassador program in order for them to see results this summer? Yeah, absolutely not. Um, you know, I think it's it's the perfect time. And even if, you know, you can't get anything up and running within the next couple of weeks, it's still not going to be too late. You know, I think it's yeah, it is the best time right now to get something going just because, you know, with, with students returning home, what they're going to be doing on social media is I mean, they're not going to be checking in on the apartment buildings at their school. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're going to be seeing what their friends are talking about. They're going to be seeing what all their friends are doing. And that's where you need to be reaching them. So absolutely not. It is it is most definitely not too late. Well, great. And, and for those who want to do this on their own, what are some tips for for recruiting and and finding these folks? Because for you know for the large part, they they've all left campus. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, you know, it is it is not an easy task, and putting together an ambassador program for your property is is something that is quite tedious uh, if you want it done right. So my advice would be for properties to use the resources they already have. I think that that is the most accessible approach. And what I mean is you've already got residents and you already have them following your social media. So why not dip into your own bucket and try and find some people, you know, that you already have a relationship with that have good followings, have good audiences, have good engagement from other students at that school and just reach out to them and say, Hey, we're, we're putting together a a brand ambassador program for our property. We think you'd be a great fit. Uh, Here's what you get as an incentive and, and see if they're interested. I think, you know, dipping into your own residence is going to be one of the best, most accessible ways to get something going right now. If you don't have residence right now, you know, if you're a new, lease, a up, new lease up, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you don't have those resources at the moment, uh, a great, very accessible approach, you know, as, as you're just starting out is to look at Greek life at your school. So find uh, the Greek life pages that or you know, for whatever your university is. So for example, University of Tennessee in Knoxville, it might be UT Tri-Delta would be a, a sorority page and that would be their Instagram handle. So you'd find their their Greek life Instagram handles, go to those profiles, see who is commenting and liking their pictures. And then, you know, just look through a few of their profiles, find some people that are students at your university, mm-hmm. have good followings, have good engagement and find some that you think would be a good fit for your property and reach out to them and see if they'd be interested. It's not, it's not difficult to sign up a college student when you're offering them, you know, a hundred, yeah. $200, you know, <laughs> they, they love to, they love to get that DM and of, Hey, would you like to uh, promote our property and earn some cash? Yeah. So, yeah. so Michael, for, for those that may already have a, a brand ambassador program in place, how should they adapt to the things that are going on and, and should they be changing anything with, the program that they currently have in place, especially if the campuses you know, are, are likely going to just be dead for the next four months. How would they how would they change things up? Yeah. So this is really interesting uh, because, you know, this entire environment that we're all going through right now is super dynamic and it's constantly changing. But the one thing that I think that everybody needs to consider changing, you know, in regards to current programs or programs that they're setting up is the messaging needs to be empathetic and it needs to be tactful. And if it is not, it is just not going to resonate and students are going to be like, oh, those right. people, 
You know, they don't care about anyone. They just care about signing leases. And that is a very real thing that happens, right? And is happening right now. So I think that by far the most important thing is understanding who your audience is at this very moment, what they're going through, and then reaching them with a message that speaks to that situation. So for example, if your normal influencer promotions and ambassador promotions are something like, hey, we have free parking when you sign a lease, say this code when you go into the leasing office and you'll get this offer or something like that. That's not going to fly right now. It just isn't. And it's, you know, because everybody's stressed out. Everybody's, you know, fearful and uncertain of how things are going to play out and if they're going to be even coming back to school in the next four to six months. And they just don't want to see that right now. Uh, No one really wants to see that right now. So a good approach to take, if that's your, your normal, you know, promotion, a good approach to take would be to have your influencers focus solely on the convenience and comfort of your property. You know, highlight the facts that when they are a resident of your property, they're not going to have to leave to go anywhere. They have everything they need right there. They don't have to, you know, go to a bar to, to have a good night out with their friends. They have, you know, a pool and lounge area at your property that they can hang out with their friends at, you know, because they, I mean, bars not, might not be open, you know, or places yeah. to go might not be open. If you have a, a great fitness center highlighting the fact that, hey, when you live here, like, you don't worry about your gym being open. Don't worry about, you know, paying a gym membership and having them shut down and still charge you. Like, we got you taken care of. We got this amazing gym, you know, and everything you need is right here. So that message is obviously going to resonate a lot more than just, hey, free parking when you sign a lease. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and I think even that going back to what you said earlier about the whole discount code and and brand ambassadors typically offering that, if that's a typical method of, of something that they're doing in order to create that sales funnel, so to speak, you could still be doing that. But obviously, you know, saying, hey, coming to come into the office is not the right approach at all. You know, those brand ambassadors need to be speaking to the fact that the community has online leasing, they've they're able to do FaceTime videos and and everything to help them conveniently shop because they we know that they're worried about are they going to be able to find housing in time to come back for the fall semester, right. and and I think that's you know that at at the very least that's got to be the mentality everybody's got right now. Exactly, absolutely, and. I think that right now there's a huge opportunity for properties who take this very seriously and really think about what their messaging is going to be to actually get way, way, way ahead of the competition in the eyes of the students. So, you know, when students are seeing all these properties, just continuing promotions as they normally do, obviously they're going to see that as negative, right? Because it's, it's completely distasteful at this very moment. And then they see your property, you know, talking about, their situation, understanding their situation and offering an actual solution to that. You know, I think that like being that property in your market is going to pay massive dividends later on. Yeah. Because you're, you're, you're investing in those relationships right now just by understanding, you know, it's, it's low hanging fruit really, but I don't think a lot of people are going to take advantage of it. So I see this as a huge opportunity. Absolutely. So now with students spread out all over the country, from a geography standpoint, you know, with with, with social uh, with social media advertising and that type of thing, you you know, you're able to kind of target an area around campus that you want to hit, so to speak. Uh, and, and now people are spread out all over the place, so you know, brand ambassadors are, are even more important. So, 
but but even looking at that, is there anything from uh, you know a geography standpoint that people need to be thinking about right now when it comes to brand ambassadors? Because say I've got a, a you know thousand bed property, I've got five. Uh, brand ambassadors and you know most of them may because a lot of times let's be real when we, when we recruit these brand ambassadors a lot of times they come from the same circle <laughs> and right, so right. they may not be geographically dispersed and correct me if i'm wrong i think that you know now that you you've got those people spread out all over the country it may end up not having the impact because i and i don't really understand how these algorithms work with Instagram and TikTok when it comes to, you know, when a video is posted, the geographic geographic location and, and how that ends up determining where these things are going to show up at. But is there anything that someone should be looking, should managers be thinking about right now when it comes to the fact that these students are spread out all over the place and it, it may not work as well as it typically would if, if they were still in, in class today? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I do agree with you there that that is a factor that's going to come into play right now. Probably right now at this very moment, if you already have an ambassador program and you're just changing the messaging over to, you know, to cater the situation more, I wouldn't worry about it right this second. But if students are going to remain off campus for an extended period of time, let's say four to six months, then that's mm -hmm. something you're going to want to take serious. And And the way that I would approach uh, solving that problem and, and figuring out, you know, this, the answer to that per se of like, where do our influencers need to actually be geographically? Uh, I think that I would start with looking at where does a lot of the in-state tuition come from? Mm -hmm. What cities, you know, do, do let's say 80% of the in-state tuition students come from? Look at those cities and then look for influencers in those cities that are also students at your university. And, and that task alone is, is not an easy thing to do. Uh, yeah. But <laughs> another know, reason just to, to hire a swarm to do it <laughs> because it's definitely not I, a plan, there's, a, there's enough to worry about as a property manager right now, yeah. having to, having to do that analysis. I just, it, it would, it would blow my mind, I think. So, yeah, definitely not a plug, but you know, if that is something that, that, you're trying to do uh, and you do not have a budget for that, you can reach out to me. I'll help you. I'll sort of walk you through a way you could do that on your own. Um, I, it's, it's a little detail to get into it on here for, <laughs> for the sake of everyone listening. But if that is something you, you need help with, I'd be happy to help with that. Well, and let's, let's talk about budget here for a second, yeah. because a lot of folks are, are switching and, and pivoting their marketing expenses because, you know, now they don't have the off-campus housing fair, you know, to go to. So they don't have an expense with that. The, you know, pool party that they were planning for when the for when the pool was going to open up, they now have those expenses uh, available to them and they're pushing it all towards towards digital and, and towards social media. So it, let's just, you know, uh, let me bring this scenario up. Again, I'm at a tier one university, a thousand bed property. I've got five ambassadors in place already. And now all of a sudden I've got an extra thousand dollars to throw at something on the digital spectrum. Right. And one of my questions is, do I spend that money to expand from five to, to 10 ambassadors 
Or do I, I work with those five ambassadors and actually, instead of having 10, getting $100 each, do I work with those five and, and you know, work out a campaign for $200 each? What do you think is going to have the, the best impact? Yeah. So, so if we're talking about maximizing reach, essentially, you know, with your ambassador program, I think that there's two things to consider. Uh, the first being in, in our experience, and we've activated over 10,000 influencers at this point. So we've got a, a good bit of data to, to speak from. Yeah. Uh, activating an influencer, a student influencer with $200 versus $100 is rarely going to impact the quality of the, the actual promotions that they make. It's just for whatever reason, it just doesn't really make a difference. So yeah. what I would say is get as many influencers as you can. You know, if you have if you're, like if you're pulling from your residents, get as many of them as you can, as long as they're good quality, you know, have good followings and good engagement and good content. So take your budget. If you can split one hundred dollars ten ways and get ten influencers for one hundred dollars, do that. You know, if you could get 20 influencers for fifty dollars, do that. You know, I'm not sure, you know, your residence situations and I, I guess how many people are they're promoting on their social media is going to come into play here. But there's a lot of ways you can stretch your dollars a long, long, long way to grow your program. So the first would be figure out what a good price for an influencer is, you know, within your residence. So if that's a hundred dollars, try and get as many you can for a hundred dollars. And then once you have that, see how far you can stretch that hundred dollars in, in a time frame. So if you can have them promote your property for a month for a hundred dollars, that's great. But you might be able to have them promote it for two months. You know, so try and figure out how far you can stretch those dollars in like a in a time frame by structuring the incentives for the influencers in a certain way and then figure out, you know, how much you can allocate to each influencer, how much they're going to charge essentially. But I think $100 is a good number to start with. And I think that giving them $100 for one to two months of promotions is a, a good baseline. I think that gotcha. you can stretch it farther. Absolutely do that. But if not, I think that those are good numbers to work with. Gotcha. Well, Michael, again, I appreciate you taking out the time to, to sit down and talk with us. And everything is, is changing quickly. And I'll have to say, you know, you're ahead of the curve when, when it comes to brand ambassadors and, and, you know, how to recruit, how to manage. And I appreciate you being liberal with your time and, and giving us some some things to think about as as we're trying to shift in these uncertain times and, and make sure that we're doing everything we can to to be successful. So thanks for that. If people you know have listened to this and <laughs> said, "Yeah, I'm not trying this on my own. I want to get Michael <laughs> in on this." What's the best way for them to to reach out to you and and get a conversation started? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I appreciate you having me. It's a, it's a pleasure to help. If, if someone wants to reach out and, and work with Swarm, they can go to our website. That's getswarm.co or they can reach me directly uh, by emailing me at m, the letter m, at getswarm.co. Great. .co, not .com. That is correct. Right. Gotcha. Okay. Well, again, thanks so much. And Michael, we'll talk to you. Uh, I'm sure we'll probably talk to you again before this is all over. With. <laughs> so. yeah, who, knows, who knows how soon that'll be? Yeah. I appreciate it. Take care. Stay safe. Stay healthy. And we'll talk to you soon. All right. Will do. Thanks, bud. Well, 
Well, Greta, there were so many takeaways from that, but but what stood out in your mind? The biggest one, it's actually funny because Michael and I had a huge conversation about all of this yesterday, and we talked about empathy and what that really meant. And that's kind of why I love that we're recording this today. And so I kind of wanted to clarify that because we, we use that word a lot and we're especially using it lately. And really just to kind of give that clarification, because we can keep saying that, have empathy, have empathy. But what does that mean exactly? Well, understand that first off, everybody right now has questions. We are in a state of constant unknown. Recognize that. Realize that all of these students, all of these parents, all of us, all of us really are sitting sitting in a state of when is this going to end? Is it ever going to end? What's going on with school? What is what is what is going on? And none of us know. So anything that you do know, anything that you know right now, everything you find out by the minutes, let's get that information out there. One of the other things when I was talking about the stories, and it's like, okay, let's have a virtual tour, let's have our events. Let's have, if you can, if you like the idea, again, have a story that is dedicated to COVID updates. And that story is, okay, you know, this is our new hours that goes yeah, in there. I love that idea. Yeah. Right. And then have your, you know, this is the new thing that this is the new thing we know. This is the next thing that we know. Maybe you have it also as you guys are getting university information and city information and all of the, any update that it relates to your company, that relates to your property, that relates to the community in any way whatsoever. Do do that. There was a property that I saw yesterday and they did an entire live update. And I'm like, this is great. Save it to your stories and then keep updating it as you go so that people have constant access to it and just have it be the COVID-19 updates so that people know that you are constantly providing them that information in a place that they can immediately access to it. I know that we all have that on our websites, but if you're giving it to them in the stories on Instagram already, give it to them right there. Anywhere, anywhere, way that we can be in constant communication, let's do that. Because again, yeah. all we're doing right now is crisis management, guys. And what do they always do when we have a property that falls behind? What does everybody want? They want information. They yeah. want answers. Let's give it to them as often, as carefully, as concisely as we can provide it to them in every way possible. And that is a part of the empathy. Yeah. That's what we do. Yeah, very good point. Very good point. So we've talked about increasing PPC. We've talked about um, uh, possibly spending more money on ILSs. We've talked about social media. All of those things will will get people to the website. But is your website ready to convert that traffic into a lead? Greta, I've got to imagine with what you're doing with with Fetch, which I don't think we've <laughs> talked about on, on this. Um, your, your, your company uh, status agency, you've rebranded to, to now Fetch, yes. um, which if you'll just tell everybody real quick where, where they can get more information about Fetch. Yes. So I, I did quietly just rebrand that. I just slipped it in there while nobody was looking because there's way, way more important things going on in our lives right now. So um, everybody can, all fetches, it's just on-demand marketing department uh, for our industry, for all of property management industry, actually. And right now, it really felt like it's necessary more than ever. You can go to residentfetch.com. It'll just give you any additional information for all of our on-site team members. 
Uh, a lot of you are already aware of the fact I'm following you on Instagram. That's just at Resident Fetch. That's the Instagram account. And I'm following all of you. I'm liking your posts. Um, I'm, I'm watching you. I'm congratulating you. I'm loving you. And I will be posting stories on a regular basis with all of these tips, everything that I think of, every idea I come up with. And again, I say this all the time. You don't have to like it. You don't have to love it. It's literally there to help you if you can't come up with things, if you don't know what to do, if you need guidance, if you need help. It's all going to be there as I think of it. I will have a story like I just said that is dedicated, a highlighted story that's dedicated just to COVID-19 that's just filled with any idea that I do come up with that you can just click on. It's like, hey, here's a, a digital event that you can throw. Here's this, here's that. Because I know that right now this is going to be difficult for all of us. And all of that's just going to be given away. And maybe you hear it and you're like, oh, it made me think of this other really great idea. Great. Yeah. It's all just going to be there waiting for you. Any way that I can help, you can, I am, whatever it is, DM me, I don't care. I just really felt like our industry needed another resource and I just wanted to give it out. So that's it. ResidentFetch.com yeah, that's- and at ResidentFetch. That's all. Yeah. No, I love it. it, it and you know, because of that work, you're, you're probably looking at least at least maybe before this, probably 30 sites a week. <laughs> um, I got to imagine here recently, it's probably ticked up a little bit. What What are some common themes with websites that convert traffic to leads? It's when you get to a website, you either have, it, it always kind of seems to fall into one or two categories, right? You have the website that you get to and it kind of feels like bland and really, really wordy. And you're just like, cool, how do I get wherever I need to go? And you're not really engaged by it in any way whatsoever. And then you get to the other one where you're kind of visually impacted by it right away. And you want to click, you want to find things, you want to immediately engage. And I realized that I just used that word twice, but kind of let me break that down for you and exactly what that means. Like first off, visually, you are- That word being engagement. Yes, you yeah. you're brought in by it. And so visually you're brought in by it, right? Cuz because it's communicating things to you, but not verbally communicating a ton to you. You're not being accosted by a novel, but verbally or visually you are being communicated to. And then you have something like a video, an actual visual tour. You have something in the background that is communicating these things to you that you want to actually engage with. You have those items in there. And then there's a, like a chat box that says let me talk to you, let me find out more additional information information, that you have all of these items that are available to you in a very clean, simple way that's easy to navigate and access all throughout this website. And that can be one of the most difficult things to execute properly. And so finding the right company that can create this website for you, that can be difficult, but it can be done. But always take a critical look at your website and say, you know, is this is this going to communicate properly? Is it engaging? Are there things that people want to touch? you know, with their mouse? And are people going to engage with it? Because you have to think about the fact that these students are all over the country. They're all over the world. Are they going to click on it and be like, screw this, it looks gross? Or are they going to go, ooh, let me scroll down. Ooh, what's this video? Let me click it. Ooh, I like this. I'm going to click on this little chat button and find out some more information, right? Because that's the thing. And then more importantly, hi, is all of your social media information on there? <laughs> Do those links go oh, anywhere? Please. 
<laughs> and are they currently working? <laughs> yes. Do your buttons work? Like, and if you have a really, really great social media, like you can even incorporate some of that in there. Like if, again, if like that social media, say your Instagram is amazing and it really communicates everything about it. Like you were just killing it with social media. Have some of that on there. Like actually have it visually on there as well. Do that. It's fine, but it just has to be clean. It has to be good. So one thing you mentioned there was, was, video. And, and I'm glad you mentioned that because it, it transitions pretty well to uh, another interview I want to bring in. You know, it's it's a tough subject video that is uh, because it, engaging videos isn't just about telling the story of what life is like at the community, but in, in a world where students don't know if they are going to be able to go to a physical classroom next fall, you, you now have the added pressure to make sure those videos address their concerns about the what ifs that's going through their minds. So in addition to spending time with Michael Newton this week, I also spent some time with Nay Cook at Resident Reach. Producing videos for properties to increase engagement is is their business. So I wanted to pick his brain on how he's approaching this whole thing. So let's cut to that interview. Nay, thanks so much for taking some time out and to talk to our podcast audience today. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited about it. I'm honored. Thanks for having me. So for, for our audience that doesn't know about Resident Reach, you guys are based in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and the, the company was really just born out of a frustration to help a property you were working at get leased up, right? Yeah, I was actually responsible for I was working in Allendale, Michigan, and I was responsible for the marketing. And the owner pulled me in his office and said, hey, uh, I see you doing a lot of things, but how is this converting into leases? Um, we're behind. <laughs> we had new comps coming in. And um, I didn't know. It was like my, I would say, second year working at a student housing property. And then um, he was like, if we don't see any leasing happening, then I, I don't really see the value of having you a part of the team. And uh, I went home wow. and that, that was kind of like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I was like, okay, you know, I should try to do something that actually makes a difference. And so got into the whole social media. Uh, Instagram was kind of popping off at that time, was coming up. And I was like, huh, maybe this will be something. And um, yeah, we went from working with that one property in Allendale, then another property saw what we were doing. Then we yeah, we just expanded from there. And then he was like, after we um, leased up that property that year, he was like, hey, we should actually do this for other properties nationwide. And that's how Resident Reach started. Cool. Yeah. At some point in time, I want to just talk to you about that, you know, taking that 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 criticism and bluntness and just turning that ra- around into, okay, how do I get above this? Because I think a lot of people would would hear that and say, oh, this sucks. I just need to find another job or mm. you know, I need to go do something else. But no, you were like, okay, I get it. So, you know, what do I need to do? What, how can I overcome this? And, and that's just, that's a fantastic story. But so Nate, I, I reached out to you earlier this week because I, I wanted to pick your brain. You guys develop videos for properties that that number one are, are fun to watch and, and very unique, and, you. and two, you have you have a whole system in place for helping property managers get those videos on several platforms, 
and then structure a sales funnel through utilizing incentives, et cetera. So even though the, the video content is based on selling the community, it's still engaging. And I think that's mm-hmm. so important anytime, but even especially now when people are just being inundated from all sides of um, of yeah. videos and, and, you know, watching news stories and newsreels and fake news and real news. <laughs> and so, so I love how, how you're, you're doing that. However, you know, the, the reason I reached out to you was to really just get your opinion on mm-hmm. how do we create engaging videos and, and in a time of such uncertainty mm. and in the, you know, what's going through the, the, the minds of the students right now and with their parents. I mean, honestly, students don't want to hear a pitch about amenities that they can't, you know, that can't be used right now. And, and they don't want to hear about this great location to campus that they can't even walk on and don't even know if they'll be able to walk on it, you know, come this fall. So what kind of, of video content can we create that will keep our property top of mind and, and really get the viewers engaged? Yeah. So I, I think there's one word that we have to keep in mind. And and I wrote this in a blog a while back, but it was when we start creating, the first thing we say is, what should I post today? You know, what should we create? Yeah. What should what should we post on our um, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, whatever. But the question I think just needs to be different. It's what would our people like to see today? What would the students like to see today? What are they going through? So the word is empathy. And I think when we approach content creation in that way, there's endless ideas because we start thinking of, you know, a little bit of what we were talking about before we came on. Hey, students are at home. They wanted to get away from mom and dad. Now they're going back to mom and dad. Um, (laughs) I have my siblings sitting around me that's poking me while I'm trying to do my final. Um, it's, It's things like that, that make you already start thinking of content like oh what if we did this thing what if we showed someone trying to sign up for a lease and their brother is poking them in the eye or something um (laughs) it's just i think when we create when we it's the intention behind the content i think that'll give us a lot more ideas um in general so that's the first thing i would think of and then secondly i would think of uh, once you're getting more tactical is music music setting um, how are you being relatable? We we're talking a lot about TikTok now. Everyone's like, oh, TikTok, we should yeah. be on TikTok. We should be doing this on TikTok. Well, one thing you can do is just go on TikTok, go to the for you page, which is like the main news feed type thing, and just mm-hmm. listen. That's it. Just listen. And you will hear yeah, figure out what's popular yeah. right now. Yeah. Exactly. Just listen. You don't even have to watch the videos. Just listen. Cause that's like 90% of TikTok right there. And you'll figure out, okay, this is the song we need. This is the type of problem they're going through. Let's make something funny with that. Yeah, yeah. You, it, was, it was funny. You sent me a video that you produced recently, and I was <laughs> sitting with my 14-year-old in the living room, and I opened it up, and I, I think it was Renegade that was in the <laughs> you know, was the music in the background. And she immediately looks up at me. And she said, are you on TikTok again? <laughs> That's awesome. That makes me so. Happy. Yeah, yeah. Just just that that music of you know what they're seeing on that platform over and over again. Just hearing that is going to immediately draw their attention to it. So that's a that's an excellent point. 
I- anything think, else on on making things engaging? I would say I think of it. So I do a lot of poetry performances and I do stand up, right? And so these videos are the same thing. And it's something my grandpa taught me. My grandpa uh, played drums with Stevie Wonder, Michael Jackson, um, oh, Motown, cool. right? My great grandma yeah. actually was friends with um, one of the Temptation members. And so awesome. when he was 17, he actually drummed with the Temptations. And so um, I'd ask him, like, grandpa, you know, like, what should I do for this performance? And he would say, you know, you should think about it as when you start, you need a great great hook to get their attention because no one cares. No one cares. So you have to make them care. The first thing they're thinking is I'm going to skip this ad. First thing they're going to do, I'm scrolling past this. They do not care. So you have to get their attention up front. So bring the heat at the beginning and then bring the heat at the very end. So then they'll remember you forever. So that's, that's the other thing I would say as well. Bring the heat at the beginning and at the end. That's so cool because I've had several conversations with you over the past year, and I, I definitely I'd have to think about how we've started those conversations. But you always end a conversation with just some really interesting and and, and unique questions, and it's like, and, and I'll walk away from it saying, "Wow, I haven't ever got that question before." I was really you know, that was really unique. Right. So just that alone, I I can see how he's impacted you with that. And, and no, that's some great advice. Thanks. Thank you. And, and one more thing before we kind of move on from, from this engaging videos topic is I'm, I'm thinking a lot about uh, what prevents people, what prevents onsite staff, what prevents regionals from actually putting content out. What prevents me from posting on my own like Instagram? And it's usually work. Right? Right? <laughs> it's work. <laughs> it's like I think every every person that you talk to that's marketing anything wants to post more. Right? They know they should be posting more. Yeah. And so I think one thing is just being willing to be imperfect, being willing to to do something that is consistent and uh, it's consistency over intensity. I'll, I know I'll sit down and be like, man, we're going to create this amazing video. It's going to be awesome. And we create it and we do it once and then we don't post for like two weeks. And so yeah. you would rather take all that energy and create just a little tiny video and then create another little tiny video and another little tiny video and just start seeing what sticks. And then once you get something that sticks, now turn that into a series or turn that into something that you do every week or um, something that people love. Now you can start to reverse engineer that, but don't become so agnostic on something that doesn't even work. <laughs> like we yeah, have to post yeah. like this and we have to do that. And we, dude, it doesn't work. Why are you still, why are you making your team do something that doesn't even work? You already don't have likes. You don't have followers. It might as well do something new because Worst case scenario, you end up right where you are with nothing. <laughs> so exactly, exactly, and I think, and I like what you said about you know finding something that works and then kind of keeping with that and it becoming you know episod- epis- episodic. Episodic, <laughs> I think <laughs> is the right word. <laughs> you know, where where you're almost doing these kind of weekly episodes and catching people up with what's going on because you know, that that's got a huge impact. When you start seeing that engagement where people are watching your videos to the end and they're coming back week after week, 
that's huge. And, and if a property is able to do that, first of all, let, let's face it, if a property is able to do that, especially right now, it's because they're able to provide a little bit of comic relief, which mm. I think is something that that you've got to be intentional about when you're thinking about creating these videos, right? And so I'm, I'm, I'm glad you hit on that because I think once you find kind of that right formula, so to speak, that's going to resonate with you know the the audience that is is being attracted to the content that you're creating that's going to be that's going to be huge well hey in addition to creating these types of, of videos for social media platforms and and then also including them in your property's YouTube channel are there some analytics that that a person should look at on on how their videos are performing and and what kind of decisions could they make based on that data? Yeah. Um, I think, I think one big one, uh, I want to talk about Instagram and then I want to talk about YouTube. Instagram, you want to look at not only views and likes, that's great, but look at how many people actually send the video to their friends. You, they have that yeah. little arrow and it can show you who sent it. Some of the best content I've done, maybe you posted at the wrong time, and it didn't get that many views, but out of the 300 people that saw it, 20 people sent it to someone, five people sent it to someone. That's huge. So if you start paying attention to that, if they're willing to share it, that's like, that's real um, fans. That's real people who actually like, oh my God, I should send this to Tommy. He would think this is so funny. That's when you know you've got something for sure. And um, in YouTube, when you talk about running ads, so I think one, everyone should be running YouTube ads. I know we're going to save that for a full another conversation. But if you're running YouTube ads right now, you need to be looking at the view rate. How yeah. long do people watch the video? Do they watch 10 seconds of it, five seconds? Do they watch the whole thing? Which is very difficult to get someone to watch the whole thing. So I think a good target would to shoot for at least 50%. You know you have a good video when someone watches 50% or more. And um, that's the same for Facebook, Instagram. If someone watches 50% of your video or more, you know you've got something good. But when you're around that 10%, 20%, 25%, 25%, you, you need to change something. You need to tweak something um, to make some, yeah, differences. Yeah, I, I definitely want to I definitely want to come back a, at some point. Uh, for everybody listening to this, we had kind of a, a quick review of what we were going to talk about. And, and we got on this discussion and kind of went down this rabbit trail as it related to YouTube videos, because, and we'll just, you know, talk about it very quickly right now. You know, there's a lot of, everybody's going to be throwing money at PPC right now on, on Google. Mm -hmm. yeah. And if you're ignoring YouTube, that's a, that's going to be a fatal mistake in everybody, every property for the most part, has some kind of little 15 second sizzle reel that, you know, you either already use on your website or maybe you've got it on your YouTube channel, you know, for, for people to, that are searching your property name or whatever, and they come across the YouTube channel, but also being able to, to use that in advertising, paid advertising on YouTube, I think is huge right now because again, it just goes back to the fact that, you know, people are, spending a lot of time looking at their phones mm. and TVs right now, more so than they were four weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. So making sure that you're, you're placing that. And I, 
you know, I, I want to get into it and let's do some good research on it. But I got to I got to imagine that and make some quick assumptions here that I think that's probably got to have even a better ROI than PPC. But mm-hmm. um, but we'll get you and, and some of the other professionals on that to, yeah. to do a proper episode and, and we'll really jump into that. Yeah, of course. And I do want to say one thing that kind of bounces back to the engaging content, just the idea of uniqueness. There's a there's a chart, and maybe I'll, I'll have to send this to you after the podcast, Wes, but there's a chart that shows the sweet spot in properties. And it's really for any business, but I really think about it in terms of student housing. It has the top clients in the top right. It has the... Um, uniqueness in the top left. And then on the bottom, it's systems. And I think this is a great way to think about the property. Because if you think about, let's say, advertising for a property, a lot of people have the clients that they want. They know what age they want. They know what market they want. They know the location. They know the keywords. They all know that. But And everyone has the same systems. They're all using Google AdWords. They're all using Facebook, Instagram. They, they're all using the same things. But uniqueness is what no one's thinking about. If you go to facebook.com slash ads slash library, you can actually see in any market what competitors' um, ads look like for Facebook or Instagram. You can actually look up Columbus, Ohio, and you can see all of the housing ads in that market. And gotcha. I, okay. It's super cool. But when I do that, you would be surprised how so many properties are doing the same exact thing, like identical, yeah. identical. So if you guys are willing to do something different, you're going to get way better results. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I've got, I've got to ask this question. Obviously you've been doing this for, for a while. And I think there's a lot of things going on in property managers minds right now that creating a video is just not, it's just not something they can fit in their day. But yeah, this is so, so important to engaging with people right now. If they want to say, look, I can't, I can't cope with this right now because I've got staff that are having to to work from home. I've got kids that are coming into the, into the office more so than, than typical. I may have my own kids in the office. <laughs> Yeah. This is kind of a perfect opportunity to, to to plug resident reach in and and you know have you guys produce it for no more than the fact that damn it nay you're just funny. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I, th- I think I think people can I think people can appreciate that. So so yeah, if they want to go to resident reach and just say hey resident reach take this over, what's the best way for them to to reach out to you and and start that conversation? Yeah. So I think there's, there's two things I'd like to say. One is if they go to free, that's F R E E dot my resident reach.com. Um, we actually have a guide that's going to be created for videos right now. If you go there, it's a seven tools PDF, but by the time you guys get this episode, there'll actually be a guide for creating videos for COVID-19 and beyond just creating videos. Um, so that's first, yeah. there's a PDF. And then after you get that PDF, it'll give you the chance to actually schedule um, a time to chat with me. Otherwise, just go to our website, myresonantreach.com. You can see some of the videos we've done, case studies, all that good stuff there too. 
Well, perfect. And, and one other thing, because I know we talked about this beforehand, you've got some other tools and, and maybe this is part of the packet that you're preparing for everybody. Mm-hmm. By the way, thanks so much for doing that. You, you did that at, at LeaseCon this past year with, with the seven uh, seven tools you need to have in your in your toolbox uh, thing. You've done it at, at our at our regional summit, and I, I just can't tell you how thankful I am for you being thoughtful enough to putting that of putting that together and really helping folks. Because you know we go to these we go to these summits or we listen to you know a piece of content, and it's like wow, I wish I was taking notes. <laughs> you, yeah. you always do a great job of of you know, making sure that people have something to take home with them that they can they can immediately begin putting an action plan together. So I appreciate that. But it, in addition, you know, we we talked beforehand before we hit record about music, and, and we, we talked about music in this podcast. But we talked about some of the sources and and licensing issues. I believe you had a a resource that could really help people with with finding music that, that they could use that wouldn't cause any issues for them. Could you talk about that really quick? Yeah. So one of the tools that you can use to get songs specifically off of TikTok. So I don't know how familiar everyone is here with TikTok, but if you are marketing towards students, you need to become extremely familiar over the next like three to six weeks because it'll be huge um, as we close 2020, I guarantee that every property will be on TikTok before the end of 2020. Every good yeah. property, every property will have a necessity of being on there. Um, yeah. But uh, one tool is on your phone, iPhone and Android. It's called InShot, I-N-S-H-O-T. Um, this tool actually allows you to import songs directly from TikTok Onto, the, onto a video that you create. Also creating videos within TikTok is great, but there are limited capabilities with like, um, you know, editing and all that stuff, putting your properties, logo, all that type of yeah. stuff can't really be done. So InShot's a great tool. Also using like a YouTube to MP3 type thing can work as well because Facebook actually changed their restrictions to align with TikTok uh, because before, if you posted a video with someone else's song, it immediately was taken down. But now with yeah. TikTok, it's normalizing videos with music and people yeah. actually want their song to be attached to a video because then more people learn what it is. So yeah. um, you're a lot safer now being able to do that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, we will definitely link all those resources in our show notes. So thanks so much for for uh, telling everybody about those. And, and again, just thanks for, for the time that you've taken out to, to discuss this. Um, I, I know like a lot of people, <laughs> not only is personal life, you know, kind of thrown th- for a loop and trying to figure things out, but then you're also one of these, those businesses that everybody's looking to right now to, to help them through this. So, I appreciate you just you know being able to take out a, a few short minutes to discuss what properties can be doing and, and trying to help some of these managers. So I appreciate of it. Uh, of course. I appreciate it quite a bit. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you. And we'll talk to you soon, Nay. Okay. Thanks, Wes.
Well, I hope you guys took something from that interview that can that can help you as as you think about more engaging videos that can be added to your website as well as being used in your social media during this Corona winter. Well, Greta, that does it for part one uh, of this two part episode. We're jumping into leasing next. We're going to be sitting down with our other co-host, Willie Butler, to discuss all things leasing during this Corona winter. He's currently on site at a property himself and uh, helping a client out with that. And he's got a lot of great feedback from that that I'm excited for you guys to, to hear about. Greta, any other parting thoughts? Man, I would just say that... I really, really think we can do this. This first week was going to be hard. I think we're going to get our footing. And I think that it's going to, I just think we can do this. I believe in everybody that's listening. I believe in our industry. And I think that we've got this, guys. We really do. Yeah, I think a lot of it is just finding a way to shut out the noise and focusing on it. And that it's hard. Yeah, that becomes really important when you're talking about leasing. So um, looking forward to, to jumping into that. Yeah. Thanks, Greta. Everyone, don't forget the live webinar hosted by Student Housing Business. There's a link to the website for the registration page for that. So make sure that uh, you visit that if you haven't already registered. Well, guys, we'll talk to you in the next episode. And Greta, thanks again. Thank you. Bye. Bye.